What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer. And in this episode, it is all about my initial time with the Xbox Series X. I'll be discussing and reviewing the packaging. I'll talk about my thoughts on the setup process, the controller, the games I've played, and give the console my overall score for it as it currently stands. So let's dive right in to the conversation. So first things first, gamers, it's all about the unboxing. And the unboxing is something special. You know, you have this hype leading up to the actual moment when you can finally get your hands on this brand new piece of hardware and tech. And it's just, for me and some of my friends, it is a big deal and it's something special. I know a lot of you out there also feel the same way when you're unboxing these new products. So if you listen to the show recently, you know that my schedule at work has changed and I have been doing overnights. And therefore, the release date of the Series X, I had actually gotten home in the morning from working the overnight shift, and uh, my Amazon package had not arrived yet, uh, through which I had the pre-order, Amazon that is. So when I woke up later that afternoon, it had been delivered. Around 2.30 that afternoon, it was delivered to my doorstep, and that was an amazing thing to wake up to. And I could not wait to get it out of that Amazon box and see what was going on as far as uh, the actual console itself. So once I get it out the Amazon box, and first things first, the packaging in the box of the Xbox Series X is just an awesome looking package. Uh, it's got a great quality, smooth type of cardboard. Uh, it's also got a really cool picture on the front, in my opinion, of the top air vents of the, the Series X with the green glow coming through. And they have these really high quality pieces of tape that are around the box in different areas. And you know, you cut through those and then you open it up and it's kind of like a lid that kind of you pull back. And man, I gotta tell you guys, I was extremely, extremely shocked in a good way and very satisfied with what I saw once lifting that lid. It was really cool guys. They had this really high quality black styrofoam that was around the edges of the box to keep everything sturdy and secure. And then right there in the middle of everything was a nice little cardboard cutout sign that had the Xbox logo and it said, power your dreams, which obviously, as you most of you probably know, is the slogan for the Series X. So I thought that was actually really, really cool. And then once you get underneath all that, everything else was packaged very nicely. Um, and ultimately the system, the console itself, it was wrapped in this nice uh, black packaging material. And I got to tell you guys, once I unwrapped it and took it out of the box, it was actually not as big as what I thought it was going to be uh, based on pictures and everything else. I mean, this console has gotten the nickname as, you know, oh, it's like a fridge. It's as big as a fridge. And, you know, they've actually created an Xbox Series X fridge uh, that is usable. So, I mean, to see the console in person, you know, it had a little bit of weight to it, but at the same time, just the size of it. Now, don't get me wrong, the width of it, it was pretty wide, but as far as the height and just in general, didn't really think it was that big, but I did love the way that that air vent on the top and the way that as you angle the console at different ways, you can see the green hue coming through. I, I still love that. That is awesome. Uh, and just the simplicity of the design is something that I was very interested in. And 
initially was not a fan of, but I grew to accept it uh, pretty quickly. Um, but uh, in general, it definitely uh, was packaged very nicely. And the controller that came with it as well, uh, you get your HDMI cord, you get your power cord, no power bricks this time, thankfully. And it was just uh, a very, very, the, the best packaging that I've ever seen in any console in all of my years uh, of, of purchasing these consoles. And that goes all the way back to the launch of the PS2 uh, back in October of 2000. So, I mean, they really, Microsoft really stepped up the game as far as packaging is concerned. Very impressed with that. So, I will say the packaging, uh, I'll grade that. And my grading scale for the episode in every category that I grade is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. It's a quarter point scale. So, 1.25, so on and so forth. So the packaging for the Xbox Series X, I can't speak for the Series S, but in this episode, I'm unboxing the Series X. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. And I think there's no question that it deserves that perfect score. Absolute best packaging of any console ever that I've seen. Now, I will also give a grade for the design of the console and what I thought of it after looking at it in person, holding it, putting it in my entertainment center. So guys, I'm going to give it a 7.75. And the reason why, as I said, I do appreciate the simplicity of the design. Uh, I don't think it is uh, ugly. I don't think that it is uh, just very odd looking or anything to that nature. I, I, I appreciate what it is. But at the same time, it's still something about looking at that Xbox One X. And I really like that design. I thought that was sexy. Looking at the, even the Xbox One, the original Xbox One, I liked. I was one of the few, actually, that liked the matte half and the gloss half. I, I like the way that it looked. So the design in general, I'm going to give it just below an 8 at a 7.75. Uh, not, not bad. Not a bad score. Just I didn't really think they blew my socks off here with the design of the console. So that was my unboxing experience. Now let's go and discuss how I felt the setup process was. Typically, the first thing I do with my console setup, obviously, I'm pretty sure everybody does this. You hook up the power cord, you hook up the HDMI cable, and you sync the controller. Now, I will say as a side note, make sure if you guys do have an HDMI 2.1 hookup on your TV, make sure if you're looking for the best optimized performance from the Series X as far as visuals and sound and whatnot, make sure you put that HDMI 2.1 uh, cable into that 2.1 input because that is how you're going to maximize your experience from that cord. Now, I will say that once you get everything hooked up as far as the cords and the controller synced, make sure you also have the Xbox app installed on your phone and ready to go because all the basic setup processes and functions and commands that you have to go through, just like every other console, it's no different here. Uh, you're going to have to do through your phone. Uh, so you're going to sign into your, you're going to select your profile, you're going to go through and set up all the different calibrations for your TV, visually, audio-wise, all those basic setup and functions. And once you get that going, everything's good to go, and you're signed in, and now you can start looking at the UI and navigating that dashboard. So I will say that, just to put it out there, if you've already got an Xbox One, 
you've already experienced what this UI and dashboard is like. So Microsoft had already said months ago that basically the experience that gamers have, Xbox gamers have, on the current generation at the time of consoles is what to expect for the most part on the Series X. And the reason why Microsoft does this is they are trying to keep the family and ecosystem of Xbox consoles uh, tied together. So even with the Xbox One X and S out there in the market, uh, they're still tied in some way to the Series X and S. Now, I will say, personally, I would have preferred if there is something completely new and different to the Series X and S, as opposed to just continuing the ecosystem or the design and look of the past generation. Just because that's always been a big thing with each console generation leap is seeing what the new UI and dashboard looks like. And it just makes you feel even that much more so that you're on a next-gen console. You're on a new console. It's a new experience. But if it's the same thing you've been looking at for the last couple months since the update rolled out, then it doesn't. that's just one less thing that makes it feel next-gen to me. Now, I'm not saying that I dislike the dashboard and the way that it's set up, because I actually do really like it. If you haven't seen it yet or haven't experienced an Xbox console in a while, it's actually very, very nice. I love the way they have things set up now, and it's very, very customizable. Uh, obviously, you still have an option to choose what your color is that you can have outlined on all the different tabs and tiles of settings and things throughout the guide options. Uh, also, whenever your achievements pop, it'll be that color, and you can choose the order of things on the guide button. So when you press the guide button, you can put an order of, say, if you want your profile, then your friends list, then your achievements. Whatever order you want them in, you can fully customize that. So I thought that was really cool. And ultimately, the way that the dashboard and the home screen, it's just one main screen. You know, going back to the 360 and even the Xbox One at launch, you had these giant tiles and uh, different tabs that you can kind of scroll through. Well, everything is right there on this one screen. And you just scroll up and down to go to the different categories that you want to go to, like your game library or... Uh, the Microsoft Store or uh, the Community tab, whatever it is, it's all right there. And again, you can customize the order that you want these things to appear on your dashboard. One thing I do really like about this update, though, is also the fact that whatever game you're currently playing, when you highlight that game's square or icon, uh, there's this uh, entire screen filling in the background image of that game. And some games, it's just the cover. Other games, it's unique images that are back there. And it just looks and comes through, in my opinion, really cool on the dashboard screen. So the dashboard itself, nothing new from what we've seen for the last couple of months, if you've already had an Xbox console and had the update installed. Uh, but in general, I thought it was a very, uh, very good update. I just wish from the standpoint of it being a brand new console and booting up a new console, I, I wish it was a brand new experience. Or at the very least, if they would have saved this until the Series X's and S's launch, as opposed to releasing it on the X, the One X and the One S uh, two months ago. So ultimately, uh, that was the UI and navigating the dashboard, my experience with it in the beginning. Now, I would love, as the control freak himself, to discuss the new Series X controller with you guys. Gamers, if you've listened to my episodes and my show for a while now, you know that I consider myself a control freak, a controller freak. Uh, 
I even did a whole episode over the evolution of the Xbox controller. Don't worry, PlayStation fans, I do have a evolution of the PlayStation controller episode in the works as we speak. But we are here in this moment to talk about the new Series X controller. And let me tell you, if you didn't know, my opinion as far as what the best controller in gaming has been has been the Xbox One controller. And going all the way back to the controller S on the original Xbox, since then, I've, in my opinion, felt that Xbox has had the best controller in gaming. So you take the best controller in gaming, and I could not wait to see what evolutionary steps and design tweaks that Microsoft did with this next iteration of its controller. And every console you always expect, except for honestly, up to this point, PlayStation, the DualShock, because for the most part, they've pretty much stayed the same design-wise. You, you expect some alterations, uh, some design changes, some button placement, uh, movement, whatever, something along those lines. Well, with the Series X, obviously we've seen what the controller looks like for a very long time now. And I got to say, I was disappointed from day one. And the reason why is because to me, just looking at it, I mean, it doesn't look any different than an Xbox One controller. It, uh, but it is. It is just a little bit smaller than the One controller. And it is also different in the fact that it has a share button, which is the most obvious difference. Uh, so you do have a share button now that you can press to take screenshots, game clips. So that's nice. But on that note, my one issue with that is the fact that personally for me, I don't like the placement of it. Right now, you have your view and your menu buttons that are just below to the left and right of the guide button in the center of the controller, right? So in the center, underneath those two buttons is where they put the share button. In my opinion, I think it's a little far off. Uh, I would have preferred if they would have put it a little bit higher up, uh, maybe a little bit to the uh, upper left of the face buttons. I think that would have been a better placement. Maybe it's just me. I do have bigger hands. I don't know if that's the reasoning. But for whatever reason, it's a little bit awkward for me trying to go after that button. Uh, I wish they would have made that design choice uh, a little bit differently. So that's the share button, which is a, a, probably the most noticeable new feature on the actual aesthetics of the controller. The other probably next most noticeable feature of the controller is the fact that they did tweak and change completely the D-pad. So before you had just a straight up cross and it was a little concave in the center of it for a little bit of give and take. Uh, on the one. But now with the Series X, I mean, it's just about like the Elite Controller's D-pad or a variation of it. Uh, I actually thoroughly enjoy the D-pad. It's got a very deep center, uh, the concaveness of it, and the directions and the functionality of the directions, especially diagonally, uh, I think they have it placed and, and it's done very, very well. Now, my issue with the D-pad is that it's extremely loud. Uh, very clickety-clackety, and I felt that that should have been potentially addressed somehow. Uh, it's not necessarily a deal-breaker for me, but I just I feel it's a little bit too clickety-clackety, if that makes sense. I will say the 3.5mm jack, it still returns, the USB inputs, uh, everything is there that you've come to know from the other One controllers. Uh, and then the differences continue over to the triggers. There are little grips and, and bumps on the triggers that now kind of give you that extra added uh, sense of uh, control. 
uh, pun intended there, because you get a little bit better grip with those triggers when some games use those as, say, an attack option, or even racing games when you are uh, taking that hairpin turn and you're trying to throttle the gas. Uh, it just It's good for those kinds of things, and I love the feel of it. It feels great. Uh, and then also the face of the controller, the front, um, it has a very nice texture to it. And on the back, there's a certain grippage that they've used. And the material they've used for that grippage is, is great and feels great as well. So overall, the controller, it's a great controller. Uh, definitely a great controller, don't get me wrong. I just wish that visually it was a little bit more noticeably different uh, than the one series of controllers. Just again, kind of like what I was saying about the dashboard, you, you want to feel like this is something different and new, and it just doesn't scream that to me. And maybe I'm alone in that thought process, but I'm just being honest with you listeners, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, but I do overall thoroughly enjoy the controller, uh, just those two little gripes I have. And because of this, uh, the score that I will be giving to the Series X controller as it stands right now will be a 9.5 out of 10. Amazing controller, great controller, just maybe in the future they can tweak the placement of that share button and fix on the clickety-clackety sounds of the D-pad. So now we've unboxed the system, we've gone through the UI and the setup and the navigating the dashboard, what my thoughts are on the controller. Let's talk about the games that I've played. Gamers, the most important part of any console launch is not just the hardware, not just the controller. It's the games that we're going to be playing on launch day, right? Because otherwise, it's just a box that's going to be sitting on our entertainment center or on our desk or on our shelves. And for me, the Series X, one thing about it was, yes, we all knew going into it, there was not going to be any kind of major day one Series X or S exclusives that, hey, you can't play this on any other console. So that was kind of disheartening, uh, but it was something I understood and something that I knew that, hey, you know, there are going to be upgrades for these current gen games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, NBA 2K21, so on and so forth. Now, I will say there was an exception. There is a game called Bright Memory, and that's the first game I'll discuss. I don't know if you listeners have heard of Bright Memory Infinite, but that was a, a title that was shown off at Microsoft's May showcase event of this past year and it was one of the highlights of that show for me and for linking sponge of gaming with mr c on youtube check him out it just looked awesome graphically it looked great gameplay fluidity frame rate everything just looked awesome it was a first person perspective it looked like a combined melee and gunplay looked really really cool so when they came out with the announcement that they were going to release bright memory which is a sense essentially a prologue to Bright Memory Infinite for you to play at the low, low price of $8, by the way. Uh, that was awesome. I, you know, just to get a taste of what the game was going to be, because as of right now, the game is Bright, Bright Memory Infinite is not releasing until January 21st. So two months early to get a little taste of what's to come and to see if this is really something that I would be interested in. I couldn't wait to check it out. So I'll just put it to you guys this way. I played the game for three hours, and I completed the game three times in three hours, got all 1,000 gamer score, all 12 achievements, and had a blast. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, wait a minute, what? You played it three times and completed it three times? Yeah. Uh, like I said, think of it as a prologue to the base game when it comes out in January. So 
we're introduced to Sheila, which is the main character in the series, in the game. And honestly, it starts kind of like in the middle of everything, is, is the way it seems. Um, she's trying to hack into this uh, building's infrastructure and stop this teleporter from ha uh, functioning. And it seems like there's this evil corporation, of course, that's got all these soldiers that are trying to access this teleporter for, you know, bad reasons, obviously, of course. Wouldn't have a game if that wasn't the case, right? So she's in there, and then obviously you end up going into firefights, and uh, you end up getting teleported yourself out into uh, these floating islands, which she says in the beginning when you first teleport there, she mentions the fact, oh, are these the mysterious lost floating islands of the North Pole? Now, let me tell you guys, this looks like a jungle out here, like sunshine, blue skies, waterfalls, green foliage. I don't see anything that looks like the North Pole to me uh, <laughs> or what I know the North Pole to be. So I don't know. I just feel like there's so much going on in the background that we don't know yet. But for the purposes of this prologue, I feel like the developer just wanted you to get a taste of the gameplay. And for that, I am thankful and I'm OK with uh, the, the graphics. I'll start there real quick. I thought the graphics were amazing. Graphics were absolutely beautiful. Character models were a little eh, but as far as the faces, let me just say that. But the details and the outfits and the guns and different things like that, especially in the loading screen when they, you know, even it's only a few seconds long, as they zoom in and kind of pan around the character and the details of her armor and suit, you can see the details in the graphics. Uh, when you're out in the environments, the environments look great. Uh, the water looks fantastic. The enemies, the details of the enemies, their animations, uh, awesome. Uh, the enemies are very different, have different movesets. And it's one of those games where I can see that I can't wait till I play the base game because it's going to be a lot of fun to see all the different types of enemies. And the bosses, there's bosses in this uh, prologue. Uh, there's a couple of them that you fight. And they were actually really cool as well. Very old school and the approach in the sense that you have to figure out the pattern and it, you're not just going to be able to button mash to get past these guys. And that, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the gunplay was very tight. The uh, melee with the light sword that you use in the game was very, very good. And just the different skills that you can upgrade and uh, purchase and use throughout your time playing. It was just a lot of fun. Like Just a lot of fun, guys. Controls were real great. Felt great in the Series X controller. Just a blast. Uh, and, and on top of that, the plus is, hey... It's a good quality experience. It's very short and gets you an easy, quick gamer score of a thousand right out the gate on the new console. And that's a plus to me. So Bright Memory, if you haven't heard of it, if you didn't have interest in it, if you didn't know that the prologue was out there for Infinite, eight bucks. Go to the Xbox store right now. <laughs> if you have an Xbox Series X or S, download it, eight bucks. You won't regret it, I promise. So the next game that I played was NBA 2K21. And again, if you've been listeners of the show for a while, you guys know I love basketball. You know I love NBA 2K20 last year. Talked about it a lot in my Captain's Quarters episodes and kind of took you guys on that journey with me throughout the course of my career uh, with my player and uh, playing on the 76ers. So I couldn't wait to get the NBA 2K21 next-gen experience. And uh, I got to tell you, I have dropped about six hours into the game now, and uh, there's so much content in this game, let me just say. I did have a whole uh, Catch of the Week segment on my recent, uh, one of my recent Captain's Quarters episodes, where I just went into all the new announcements and exclusive next-gen features of NBA 2K21, and I haven't even touched the surface of them. Uh, so far, I've done 
creating my character, my, my player, for the career mode. And I have played through the story in my career up to the point where I was drafted, luckily, by the 76ers again. And I have played the first three games in my regular season. And I got to tell you guys, uh, graphically, because this is about next-gen, right? So next-gen graphics, uh, definitely certain characters and certain players look really good. Lighting effects, things of that nature, really, really good. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really haven't seen anything yet that really screams to me next-gen. Now, I haven't played the current-gen version of NBA 2K21, so I don't know how that looks comparatively, but I obviously did put over 100 hours into NBA 2K20, and I can assume that 2K21 is not much different visually. So going off of 2K20's visuals and looking at 2K21's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be an upgrade, and I'm sure there's things there that couldn't be done on the 1X, but uh, from a visual standpoint, eh, not really seeing too much. From a loading standpoint, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's lightning fast, the SSD uh, that's internal on the Series X. So that's amazing. And I, I will say that uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with the game. Uh, let me just say that. So I've definitely thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. And the third game that I've played on the Series X has been Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now... Again, I'm a huge, huge Assassin's Creed fan. Absolutely love the series and was very excited for this game going into launch. And I actually got started later into playing it than I thought I was based on Demon's Souls and my time getting sucked into that. But I finally got a chance this past few days to really sink my teeth into the game. And I put about, at this point, probably six hours or so into the game. And I got to tell you, it's, it's a lot better now at hour six than my opinion was at hour one. Uh, I was a little kind of questionable on the combat and just a few things here there. Graphically, uh, again, I, I haven't seen from a Series X standpoint, man, this is such a huge difference from Odyssey. And to be honest with you guys, talking graphically in tech and Series X to 1X, I haven't really seen anything that makes me feel that it's, it looks as good or even better than Odyssey. But I've been told by Linking Sponge, as well as Logan Phoenix from Graveyard Gamer, uh, right here on Anchor, that once I get out of the snowy areas, the graphics really start to pop and shine. So I look forward to that, because I am still traversing that first major area, uh, going from island to island, trying to do everything. So we'll see what happens. Definitely have enjoyed my time with it so far. Uh, so that was the games that I've tried out so far on the Series X. Let's go check out what my final thoughts are on my time with the console and the console itself. Listeners, the Series X, as far as my overall final thoughts here, I'll say this. I think it's a great starting point for the console. I think it's a much better start to the life cycle of the Series X and S as opposed to the One and how that started out. We all know how that started seven years ago. So Microsoft is already leaps and bounds uh, above in a better position than they were starting out this console generation than they were seven years ago. So that's a plus. Uh, you know, I, my biggest thing is I can't wait to see games that are actually built from the ground up for this system, because one of the biggest things that Microsoft has touted for the last year, since December of last year, and even before December at the Game Awards last year, when the system was first revealed uh, to the world, the biggest thing they kept touting was power. And, you know, they talk about power your dreams and the tagline and everything. So I want to see 
what that power is giving me. I want to see visually. I want to see from a frame rate perspective. I want to see from a fidelity perspective and just the depth and the intricacies of the worlds that I explore. That's what I want to see. And right now at launch, as of you know a week and a half into it at this point, I don't feel that we've gotten anything that really showcases what the Series X can do. And look, I knew that going into it. I knew that uh, from years past, launch games are not typically always going to be indicative of what to really fully expect of a console. Uh, it really takes a couple years before developers get a handle on these things and you really start to see some games that come out and really, really shine and, and take advantage of that hardware and that power in each respective console. So I get it. I'm patient. But that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I'm also not a fan, as I said, of no really major new features that scream next-gen yet for this console. And look, I get it. Microsoft has always been very good about evolving the Xbox dashboard and the user interface. I get it. Uh, I just wish that they would have saved something exclusive to Series X and S to make it feel next-gen. Like I was stepping out of the one and stepping into the series X. Uh, that's, that's a little minor thing for me as well. So it's kind of a bummer that I don't really see any major new features uh, that really scream next gen to me. And also, as I said, the controller was a bit disappointing uh, to me as far as the fact that it really aesthetically didn't change from the one controller and the placement of the share button, as well as the noisy D pad. Those two things uh, were the biggest uh, gripes that I had for the controller. Uh, but I would say overall, my score for the Xbox Series X, specifically to the console, as far as from an overall design perspective, from what the capabilities are, from what the controller is, you put it as a whole package and as the functionality of the console, what it's done for me so far, my experience with the SSD and the faster loading, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to give it an 8.25 out of 10. So definitely a very solid experience so far, very solid console. Uh, definitely would not be one that I would regret or I have regretted uh, purchasing and having. And if you were deciding, hey, I want to get Xbox Series X this year, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Now, I will say that I also have a score for my overall time spent with the console and how much fun I've had during that time playing with the controller, experiencing different games on it, so on and so forth. And my time with the console, I would say, is worth an overall score of 9 out of 10. So definitely some good times to be had on the Series X. And if you were lucky enough and fortunate enough to get one, I hope you thoroughly enjoy your time with it. That'll do it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed your time aboard the SS Gamer. You can join its crew by reaching out to me on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network by searching for Hulking Yoda. Find me on social media on Instagram at Lost at Sea Gaming, as well as on Twitter at Lost at Sea, G-A-M-I-N, the number one. Thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing. <laughs>